Today we're going to talk about our college experiences. Interestingly enough, Noah and I attended the same university, but clearly in two different generations. We're going to tell you a little bit about what we learned from the college experience, what major things we took from the college experiences based on the opportunities provided to us, and overall, we're going to share a little bit of our insight on what makes the university that we attended so special. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about college. Now, as you might have heard my dad say before, uh, he and I went to the same college only 30 years apart. That's interesting because uh, for me, uh, I had to find parking spots and he had to find a spot to park his horse and buggy. And I did a traditional internship and I believe he was a serf for a nobleman, but uh, I don't think that's how they do it anymore. Regardless, there are a lot of differences, but there's a lot of things that we share in common because we went to the same university and we're going to go ahead and tell our stories. So I'm going to start with my dad. Well, of course, the obvious difference is that when I applied, I used stone tablets and <laughs> used something called the Internet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, fundamentally, I think that what drew me to the school, and, and we're, we're going to leave the name of the university out for now um, because that's somewhat irrelevant. What we want to share is basically our experience at the same place at different times. I have to say that at the very, very beginning of my college search, I was really interested in becoming a news broadcaster. Really? Yeah. What for? Um, well, you've never heard of Frank Reynolds or, well, you, you have heard of Tom Brokaw, but I wanted to be a media, a television news personality, really an anchor person. I really wanted to be able to deliver the news. Um, and, and so for me, that was what was drawing me to college. I figured that's what I would pursue. I was looking for a really uh, strong school of communications. And um, that is ultimately why I decided on attending where I attended. However, after, ironically, after one semester, and yes, it is somewhat ironic, and I'll explain that in just a moment. After one semester and one additional course, I changed directions completely. Because he realized he had a face for radio instead. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> that's true. Because the story that I'm, I'm going to share is that in a public speaking class, uh, we had to be videotaped. Yes, videotaped. Remember those? No, you don't remember those videotapes. Anyway. On like a camcorder? One of those? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so we had to do a speech, and mine was on peanut butter comparisons. Now remember this. <laughs> you should see his facial expression right now. This was 1980, January of 1987, and it was a public speaking class. And, and you know, it was not the first time I had been on video. But don't forget, back in those days, in the 80s, we weren't all on video all the time like we are now. So other than walking through Macy's or Brendel's or Best Products, when the video camcorder was on you, you didn't really often see yourself on video. You couldn't watch yourself back. No, you really okay. couldn't. Yeah. So we, the whole purpose of this exercise was to do a presentation, a speech, and frankly, uh, be our own worst critic. Other people were obviously offering a critique too, but I remember having to go and check out that videotape and watch in a sound booth. I know, I know how this sounds and, and sort of analyze what I had done. And in that moment, I realized that my facial expressions were far too great to be an anchor person. So you were just sort of overdoing it? I was, told, I was very expressive. 
Gotcha. I, I, I do not have a poker face. I think you know that about me, right? Well, you could have been great on SNL, I, maybe. Yeah, well, SNL, not delivering <laughs> delivering tragic news uh, from, a, from a desk in the studio somewhere. So that, the thing that drew me to college, mm-hmm. and specifically to my college, mm-hmm. was uh, very different than what I ultimately ended up studying. So um, I transitioned to a different uh, area, different major of the university, and uh, had a had a good good experience, but it was a major transition from one thing to the other. Were you nervous going into college? I was. I did not know anyone. I went four or five states away, and I didn't know anyone. So was I nervous? Yeah. I mean, I I always grew up as a homebody, um, but I also knew that this was really the place for me. I, of course, I had visited, and I and I decided that it was the right size. It was the right environment. And um, the class size was was exactly what I was looking for, and obviously it had a strong school of communications or program in communications at the right. time. Okay. So yeah, I was I was nervous because it was new, um, but I don't remember thinking I can't do this. Okay. And I know that some students, especially as they get closer to leaving home at the end of that summer prior to going to college, they get cold feet and they say I can't do it. But for me, it was never that way. Uh, but it was. Certainly new. You were 17 when you started, right? I was 17. And how big was the class size back then? Yeah, their classes were about 20, 25 students in a class, which is, you know, compared to your mom, um, who had hundreds in her classes, well, uh, yeah. in some cases, a different a different academic environment. Of course. One I mean, isn't necessarily better than the other. It's just people learn differently, and I really tend to thrive in a smaller setting. So were there... Uh, Maybe two thousand total undergraduates when you were going. Probably twenty five hundred, maybe twenty eight hundred, somewhere under three thousand though. So for me, obviously, it was small too. But did you feel like there was an opportunity to be a big fish in a small pond there, or did you feel like everybody was sort of on an equal plane in terms of social status or just being able to get to know one another? Did you feel like you could walk up to anybody and say hello, or? Uh, see somebody you know on campus every single day. Yeah, I think there was that. I think, you know, I, I have to tell you, you ask those questions and it's hard to remember all those years <laughs> ago. But I also don't know that I, I really thought that much about it. I was just worried. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, college, this is going to be really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, the classes are going to be that much harder. I mean, because you're expecting it to be, you know, ramped up in terms of uh, the pace and the, the amount of work that you have to do. So I think for me, that was the thing that was most um, present in my mind was, how am I, am I going to be able to keep up with this? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think for me, the smaller classes, the familial environment, um, the campus itself demonstrated in a way to me that, yeah, I, I could be successful there. Cool. Did you opt to be more of a studier or, you know, more of a student personality or maybe more of a social outgoing kind of personality, always wanting to meet people, maybe meet up at a restaurant or, you know, other social activities, stuff like that, you know, college, Mm -hmm. college college-esque activities? I know what you're saying. Well, interestingly enough, studies will show that GPAs go up over time. So I think college students go to college. Mm -hmm. Um, They... I'm not going to say struggle, but they do. There is a period of adjustment in that first semester because they're away from home often. If you are in that position, not every student goes away from goes away uh, to college. In fact, I think the great majority of college students are working adults, frankly. Right. But the experience that you and I both had was one where, in my case, I went far away from home, and for me, because I was so apprehensive about the academic load, 
I really buckled down. And for me, the first semester was my strongest semester <laughs> academically. So I got, so I wanted to get on firm footing because I knew then I could establish a pace and then maybe let my foot off the gas a little bit mm -hmm. if I felt like I had reached a point where I was happy. And that's in fact what happened. So, um, I was still social. I had a great time, especially in my first year in mm -hmm. college. But I also was a bit squarely focused on being academically successful. I also knew it was a, a major a sacrifice for my parents, uh, who were paying the bill, yeah. um, and, and especially early on. So I wanted to do right by them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, what about I, you? Oh, for me, uh, it's a different story. But one thing I want to uh, ask you uh, about your freshman experience, or first year experience, rather, uh, all the way to your senior year in terms Back of Back in those days, we used the term freshman. Now we use first year, but yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, I still remember that. Mm -hmm. I was I was in high school at one point. They yeah. didn't call us first years. But uh, regardless of that fact, I think you're not in a very different camp than most people. I would say my freshman year, or at least first semester, was easily one of my best, if not my best, because people get something called senioritis. You've heard of that before, uh, right? Yeah, yes. And I mean, when it comes to, I think when it comes to college and you're just figuring your way out of things, this sounds so bad, but academics are your first priority when you're a freshman for first year. Did you say they are or they are not? I'd say they are for a lot of people. And on the other side of the coin, there's some people who spend too much time being social rather than focusing on academics. But I feel like a lot of people have their best work because our first year is usually easier or we're just so afraid uh, that we'll do poorly mm -hmm. or we don't know what our schedule is like. We don't know how we're going to go by our day-to-day -day thing mm -hmm. um, without you know, working on our homework and stuff. And I feel like you sort of get into a groove after a yeah. while. You know what you can get by with. You know what you can and cannot do. So I, I would say that you were probably in a pretty similar boat there. But I would say that also... I don't know many people personally who got better as they went on. It was either pretty consistent for the most part or they kind of burned out mm -hmm. around junior year, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of senior year, and then picked it back up maybe right near the end. Yeah. Now, it's different for me as well because your senior year did not involve uh, a pandemic. Well, maybe the Spanish flu, but uh, ours, <laughs> ours was di a little different being completely online. Right. So in a way, a lot of people suffered. Um, yeah. And before we wrap up this conversation, I want to get back to that too, because yeah. I want to hear what your perspective is on that. Just on uh, just being a college student during a pandemic and what the implications of the pandemic were from an academic standpoint. Okay, certainly. Um, I think before... When everything was new to us uh, with the virus uh, in the news, when it was more international and then the first case landed in the U.S., people weren't really thinking that it would affect us in a certain way. It might have been something we didn't understand what the virus was and what it could do to people as much because there wasn't so much information going around. Right. So it was kind of pushed off to the side. Nobody thought, uh, nobody knew what Zoom was really before then. Mm -mm. Uh, people hardly used WebEx. A year videos. ago, I think I had used Zoom twice. That's what I'm saying. Honestly, if you did a video conference, you were either pretentious or on a business trip. So uh, <laughs> so the thing about it. Uh, I remember when I liked them. Sort of like email. I remember when I got excited when I got an email. Exactly. I don't anymore. It was sort of like a way to FaceTime another person mm -hmm. um, is what a lot of people uh, do, including myself. But uh, regardless, there was um, – things were going on as normal. 
whenever you're in your second semester, especially uh, spring as a senior, I think you kind of realize I need to prioritize hanging out with my friends, being uh, making the most out of my college experience rather than exclusively focusing on my grades. I think a lot of people are like that. While it's important to be able to uh, do your work on time and your assignments, you're at that point senior year where you know what you need to do, Mm -hmm. but you want to close out your college with a bang, right? right? You want to have fun. Right. And so right before spring break, we're getting word that this is a lot worse than we thought and things could potentially go online. So I didn't quite believe it. I thought we might have you know, like a delay, mm. you know, two weeks maybe online. Uh, never in my life would yeah. I had ever counted on it being for the rest of the semester. But it, didn't, it ended up turning out that way. And I would say it was a double-edged sword. Most of the people you'll talk to will say that they disliked online classes. Uh, sorry if you can hear one of our dogs snoring in the background. <laughs> she just went for a walk. But um, like I was saying, most people you would talk to don't love the idea of online class. Most people do not. And I would not. Exactly. Having to do it every single day, it's not nearly as fun to them. But I would say in ways that they probably didn't realize it benefited them. For example, uh, for me, I was lucky enough to live in a house with uh, a lot of friends and a lot of friends around me. So I was able to not only do my homework if I had to be online at class, but we could, I mean, we could sit across from each other in the room without having to physically be somewhere else, you know, and then we could hang out after class or half of our online work, half of our homework was online anyway mm-hmm. on uh, the platform that we used to turn in our assignments and everything. So for me, I found it to be a better way to uh, learn how to prioritize your time. I felt like it was generally less work, but it was more of an adjustment in how to do it that way. But, I mean, I'm telling you, most people I know didn't even listen to class, uh, uh, the professors, when uh, they were talking. Because our our attention spans, Mm -hmm. that's not a professor thing. And I'd hardly say it's, you know, students are trying to be rude or anything like that. But it's just people don't even like going to class in general. And, I mean, I don't ever remember something. Isn't that the entire purpose of college? Well, the primary purpose of college? Well, sure. But it's just like, it's. I mean, if you had the opportunity to have... um, classes uh one day like you know a full schedule for half the week and then off the next week wouldn't you want that you know it's just about yeah. how you well, schedule and your don't time. you think too though uh because you were a senior it was a little different for you <clears throat> than had you been a first year student absolutely yeah it's it's uh, because you had uh-huh. you had had a traditional college experience up to the point in time that the pandemic hit and changed things um, whereas a student who perhaps was in their first year, frankly, missed half of their first year in college. And now they're sophomores. And depending on where you are in college, mm-hmm. you may be taking all virtual classes. Uh, the university that you and I attended is mm-hmm. in person um, and doing it as well as I think any institution can. Certainly. Not perfect, but doing it very, very well. All of that is to say, I don't know, I just think that for me... I'm not a digital native. Mm-hmm. You are. Right. So you and your generation are... Um, better suited? Better suited. I, I didn't want to say there's less impact because I do believe that an in-class experience where a, a professor who is a an expert in the field mm-hmm. um, is challenging you and engaging you in conversation and, and students are engaged in conversation is just hands down a better learning environment i agree it's a lot more intellectually stimulating because i've come to realize just you know how 
short my attention span is if you have to listen to an hour and a half lecture on uh, Zoom, mm-hmm. you oh, find yourself drifting off. You've got your distractions around you. When you're in class, and I, I, I feel like that was the whole point of online. People weren't worse at learning online because they know how to do it. Mm. It was just more preferable to go to class and be stimulated, you know, uh, by being able to see your professor or a presentation or listen to it, you know, with your ears, of course, being able to have all of those right in front of you. That might have helped a lot of people, even though they might have not fully engaged. They preferred it. It's also the thought, you know, that I have to do this Mm -hmm. in class. You can say, oh, well, I could there's no attendance policy. I could skip and I could probably get notes from a friend when you're forced to be at home all the time and you have to do classes like that, then you tend to enjoy it less, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think students were worse at school when it came to uh, online classes. I'd just say it was a less optimal situation, ugh, situation yeah. certainly. And the situation at hand uh, as it was, was probably, um, I mean, we just, we, when you think about now, back to March of last year, mm-hmm. I mean, we really knew nothing. I know. Us, you know? I, rem- I remember talking with colleagues um, where I work, and people would say, you know, oh, this will be done, or the national news was talking about this would be done by May, and then it was July, and then it was September. And, and frankly, now that we're in 2021, I think, you know, the light is at the end. The, the light is there. Yes. It's very, very dim. Yes. And it's dimmer than I think any of us had hoped it would be in mm-hmm. the middle of February. But we're getting there. I Progress. Agree. One other thing I want to say about that, you had established your friend base. Yes. You knew the people who were your people. And I would have hoped, I, as a first year, I would have hoped I had done that by the end of my senior year, but I would still say I was fortunate enough yeah. to be in a situation where I could be close to them. But too. if you had been a first year during a pandemic, uh, and the level of engagement was very different because oh, of absolutely. You know, physical distancing, um, it would have been a whole different experience. I know it sounds crazy since I didn't get to walk the stage or graduate in a traditional way, but I'm really lucky that it happened at the tail end Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, of my senior mm -hmm. year and that I was able to not only graduate college in general, but have had my college experiences. Uh, My heart kind of went out to the class below us at that point because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I had no, we had no idea when uh, things would get better or not. So, uh, all things considered, I would like to have said that, make that a statement. It wasn't optimal, but I'm thankful for what I was able to make from it. And when I look back on it, it was a better, it was the best I could have made out of the experience. Yeah. So um, on to my college experience, I went into college not quite sure of what I wanted to do with myself. Uh, I applied to a program where I was able to go abroad be off campus for the first semester of my first year. So I was able to uh, travel in Wyoming by doing a hiking course. There was no cell phones, no technology. It was map orientation. That sounds fantastic. Where do I sign up? (laughs) Well, unfortunately, you can't anymore. But uh, (laughs) shout out to the people I was with. I learned a lot with y'all, and I'm sure the same. Uh, You would say the same. Um, it, It was... It was a very interesting experience because I'm not really an outdoorsy person. I love going on walks. I love running outside, but I wouldn't say I'm a hiker. You know what I'm, mm-hmm. you know what I'm getting at? And so we did 26 days of this. And this is probably the first thing that I learned in college, even though I wasn't on campus. Whether or not you know how to do something or whether or not you're comfortable with it, 
it's always better to try and go in maybe head first, of course, with a little bit of planning. And I think you'll learn more about yourself that way. Because for me, I'm not really a risk taker. I wouldn't even say today I'm a risk taker, but allowing myself to go outside of my comfort zone and sort of break out of that shell of saying, I'd rather do this and go on 26 days of um, a hiking course with 15 other people whom I had no clue, I did not know them, was an amazing experience. And that was the first, uh, right before we did service uh, for a number of weeks. And then we studied abroad in Spain, where obviously I don't know Spanish. I have a working knowledge of reading it, but speaking it is a whole different thing. And in Spain, uh, not nearly as many people are going to speak your native language. So it was uh, cool to see sites by touring and reading everything and ordering and traveling to different countries. When I was in Spain, I got to see uh, go on a weekend trip to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers in Luxembourg with a friend. That I was remember. that was so cool. Yeah. That was so cool. But uh, that was all before I landed on campus. Yeah, I remember. First of all, when your son is twenty eight days off the grid, twenty eight days, right? Uh, yeah, twenty six, twenty eight, okay. somewhere around there. Yeah, that was uh, that was an experience as a parent. Uh, you know, I was really glad when you called and knew you had. I mean, I was never worried about you. Mm-hmm. It was just. We missed you, and we also knew you were having this great adventure, mm-hmm. and we were looking forward to hearing about it, but we missed you. It was just sort of like this blackout, like, you know, in this day and age when we can contact each other multiple times a day via text or phone or, or whatever, or social media, mm-hmm. uh, to be completely off the grid must have been wonderfully um, it was liberating all- and exciting for you. It was amazing. And uh, we were excited for you, but we were really glad you were home. Of course. Well, your challenge was twofold. One, it was the first time that you had, um, you know, a son going off to college. Mm-hmm. And two, you wouldn't be able to talk to me at all because right. uh, of the zero technology thing. So I think it was it was a month before you could do that. And so you couldn't even text me in the middle of the day and say, like, you know, hey, hope you're having fun, blah, blah, blah. You know, just saying we love you. We care about you. Just uh, work hard, study hard. I wouldn't have seen it. Uh, you couldn't even send me a mail, mm-hmm. uh, a letter by the mail. But uh, after that whole uh, essentially uh, gap experience, I landed on campus and I would say I was a more confident person because I knew the people in my cohort a lot better mm-hmm. at that time. And I had sort of a group of people. Exactly. Right. And I had built up a sort of idea of where I wanted to be in college. Yeah. So I would say that I'm somebody who is. Uh, introverted enough to enjoy spending time in small groups or alone, sometimes have to recharge my social batteries. But at that point in college, I knew that it was a small school. Most people knew each other and there was a better opportunity to be a big fish in a small pond. So I decided that I was going to push my limits and do things that I would usually be nervous about. So I you know, I would start going out with people. I would go to social events. I would, uh, I would eventually go into Greek life. And that's something I'd never seen for myself before, but it's because I was constantly trying to do things that I had not thought possible of myself before. And I had gained a lot of good results. I met a lot of people, some people that I don't talk to anymore, some people that I still talk to every day. Um, and at a certain point, I was having a lot of fun with the social aspect, but I was kind of unsatisfied with just that. Mm-hmm. So I remember um, I remember uh, my first year, 
I had applied uh, to be an orientation leader and I actually really enjoyed the experience. I didn't think I'd get it, um, but I did. And it was probably my first time being a true leader, maybe uh, a mentor to other people, and it was rewarding. So not only did I have, not only did I not have to worry about meeting people or establishing sort of more friendships my sophomore year, at the beginning of my sophomore year, I was able to know what I could do in terms of being a leader Mm -hmm. and also helping other people while learning from them. Uh, transitioning new students, uh, telling them about my time as a first year. Uh, And then I moved on to the next level of orientation uh, and I started juggling a lot. Mm -hmm. So there was a point where I was part of different organizations I was nominated for. I was in an executive position uh, in my fraternity, which required a lot out of me. And then uh, head staff of orientation at my school. And that required a lot of me. So there's some things in college that I've that I look back on and I was like you took on too much Mm -hmm. so one lesson I learned is push yourself try new things do things you want to uh, see yourself doing later on be that version of yourself that you want to be in the future because college is very much an individual experience it's what you make of it and um, sometimes there'll be factors that come in that you don't expect but it's about the challenges and the obstacles that you take head on that will prove what you can do later after you're done. But I will also say college primarily is about priority time management. Well, yeah, I was going to say the the biggest challenge I think students have with college and their success in college is time management. Yeah, And I think today more than ever, students are really challenged by that because I'll say Generation Z, I think has, you know, the, the idea of, Playdates, and um, it's just sort of a, a schedule. I think kids today, or at least when we were bringing you up, yeah. you you know you were pretty busy. You did you know um, you had different activities, and you were not as busy as some of your friends who were sort of scheduled all the time. Yeah. And I think when you're scheduled all the time, I think there's value in that. But I mm-hmm. think then you get to an environment where you've got to create your own priorities Mm -hmm. in your schedule so no one is telling you okay you have to do this this time you have to do this at this time you know we always would talk about the fact that you know we would get up and after between class you could choose to go work out or take a nap or you could um you know you'd have to make choices that would ultimately have um implications on your academics, mm-hmm. on your uh, physical and mental health. Yeah. And so time management is, is a big piece of the college puzzle. Uh, it was back in my generation, and I think it's probably even more so today. Yeah, and that's something you don't realize, you I know. feel like, when you're in high school. And people's experiences may vary, but uh, essentially it's a loop for a number of years. Eventually you get into a groove. And so for me and you, it was wake up early, go work out, come back, get ready, I go to school, then after school, I do a sport or an after school activity, then I come home, I do my homework, maybe I'll play right. Maybe you I'll play Xbox and then I'll go right back to sleep, repeat ad right. nauseum, right. pretty much over and over and over again. And I thought that was my own schedule. I thought I was busy, but really I I wasn't. I would work on the weekends and I thought that made me a, such a busy person, but yeah, no. No, exactly. My schedule was hardly determined by me it was by the things that i was involved in 
And that also happens in college, but nobody is pulling the strings for you, I'd say. Uh, and uh, once I realized that I took a bit off more than I could chew, I found out that um, time prioritization is super important. So uh, I'm sure a lot of people uh, feel the same way. Uh, and it, it taught me a lot about myself to be able to say, um, it, it was almost like, it, it was almost uh, like ironic, I would say that I learned more about myself by pushing myself, but by pushing myself too much, I ended up taking on probably more than I can handle that was good for me. And I would you get, learned about yourself that way too. I would get three or four hours of sleep a night. And oh, yeah, no, no, that ex- would never be me. No, exactly. And it just, it wasn't good for me because it wore me right, down. Right. And eventually I got to be an upperclassman and I found that groove that was best for me. I had leadership positions, but I also had, uh, you know, I also had my social life, but I made sure to keep that more in check. Yeah. It wasn't all one or all the other. I tried to balance it as much as possible. And then by senior year, it became, it became a lot easier. Yeah. It was very simple. I had a burnout junior year, I'd say, where I was just kind of tired. I was just kind of ready to just be like, you know, just let me have some days off. Mm-hmm. And then I just I looked back on things and I realized this is what you can handle. This is what you can't. This is how you can push yourself without going too far. And this is what you should do at the end of the day. Um, so whether it was classes or positions, uh, leadership positions, or in my social life, that's something I had to learn in college. And uh, I would say that from freshman year to senior year, I was a completely different person because I felt naive, you know, when I was 18. Mm -hmm. I was kind of influenced by other people and I didn't let my own thoughts um, kind of come out of myself. But now that I know that I'm less dependent on influences and establishing myself because I already know who I am and what I want to be because of college. I am happy to say that, you know, there's less outside influence because of what I learned. Well, you know, I often think that people uh, overlook the fact that the entire college experience, whether you go to the school down the street and you drive back and forth to class or whether you go uh, half a the country away or half a world away really the experience is more of i've often used the word discipline mm-hmm. as opposed to i mean yes it is what you learn right but it's it's the it's a number of influences on you so that you're learning about this and you're learning about that and when you graduate are you um, an expert in any one particular thing no, I would say probably not. I mean, you have a, a lot of information and you can utilize that information. You can always learn more. You, right. You can always learn more. And there's graduate school and, you know, a, a doctoral program, if you will. But I think the college experience is more about um, forming who you want to become and choosing the school that you attend um, by observing who's a part of that community is a big part of um, how people decide where they go to college. Because there's, you know, 4,000 colleges and universities in the country. And yeah. and not everyone, certainly not me, not you, had the luxury of being able to go anywhere you wanted. But we had choices. And that was really significant. And I think that uh, when I graduated from college, I had had experiences that I probably, you know, sometimes people say, oh, I would have never had these experiences had I gone somewhere else. Yeah. I don't know that that's true. 
Um, I do think it's the combination of the experiences that were afforded me in mm-hmm. the environment that I chose. Um, I, I'll just say quickly that I was a resident assistant um, as a, as a sophomore in the one building on campus that was notorious and I think probably still is for being yep. rowdy and crazy. And it was one of the three to five best experiences I had in college. I had a terrific group of guys. Um, it was a. It was also the kind of thing. I, I believe strongly in taking the most of an experience, and not letting you um, making sure you don't outlive that experience. Yeah. So, in other words, I didn't want to do it twice because it was a great experience. I wanted to remember it the way I do as a very positive experience. So I didn't repeat it mm-hmm. for fear that it would not be as positive. And I will never know. But I'm glad I'll never know because the experience I had as an RA helped build resilience and confidence and um, knowledge and leadership. And, and that parlayed itself into other things, student government and so on. Um, so the, the first year version of me was, I'll say naive, because mm-hmm. I think you, know, you are before you encounter people from all over the world, right? Um, but the people that champion you over those course, over those four years, if you're fortunate enough to have people who champion you, and I think probably every university campus has people who will champion students, I'd say so. Um, really helps you gain a level of confidence that you don't have when you go in. Yeah. So anyway, that's yeah. those are my thoughts on my college years. It's been a while. You know, I had to, you know, park the Flintstone car in the <laughs> in the parking lot outside of my my dorm but it was all good yeah and uh, at the end of the day I, I think the bottom line is you and i both learned in different ways in different generations across different uh centuries really but thank you for that <laughs> well you know how it is but regardless there's there's important things that every student should learn and there's some things that others need to learn more than others but it's all about growth and who you want to be. Mm-hmm. As what you're and it's saying. about taking responsibility for yourself. You cannot blame everything on everybody else. I agree. Taking responsibility, accountability for yourself, growing and maturing in a way that you haven't been able to before. Maybe doing things that scare you or things that challenge you yeah. so that one day that you can uh, face and more that's adversity. And easier to say sitting here recording this podcast than it is in the moment when you are when you have to make that decision. And I completely agree. But I think agree. we both discovered that um, going outside your comfort zone um, is really more of an education than not. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and I always looked at things from the perspective of would you look back on this in the future and wish you had done that or wish you had said that or wish you had participated in this, would you regret it or would you say, or would you say to yourself, I wish I had done that? Right. And because of that, I can look back on my college experience and say, I'm really satisfied with what happened. I feel like for better, or for worse, whether it was good or bad, I had so much fun. I experienced a lot in college, both socially and academically and experientially. Uh, in terms of you know being able to be on a team with other people, to learn how they work, to meet people of different personalities, backgrounds. to be challenged by how different people work. Exactly, that's a good thing. In the moment, it's tough, but in mm-hmm. the end, that's why you 
participate in life. And that's what I'm saying. And college is such a privilege. It's such a blessing to be able to say you can go. Because it allows you to work with different people who aren't like you and who will never be like you. Mm -hmm. And it teaches you to be with people who think differently, act differently, differently. um, do things that perhaps you wouldn't and don't agree with. But you can also understand um, why they're different. Mm-hmm. And um, that just because they're different doesn't mean you don't have great respect and appreciation for them. Exactly. And that's why it's important to do things that may not be in your comfort zone. I completely agree. And that's probably one of the biggest things I took when um, I sort of matured and grew over college. Mm-hmm. So I, I would definitely like to thank my university for teaching me that. I loved my college experience, you know. There were ups and downs like every student, but I look back so fondly because I learned so much. And in those moments, I'm proud that I was able to, you know, put myself out there. I was glad I was able to be able to hold those positions. I was glad I was able to have those moments where I really had to, you know, grow up quick or learn something the hard way. Because at the end of the day, an imperfect experience makes for a better makes for a better retrospective Mm -hmm. in my opinion because if it was all flowers and you know roses it would be different that's not to say that most of it was good because it was i remember the peaks and valleys and it's really hard to be a parent and watch your student your son go through those valleys um but um i liked who you were before and i like who you are now even more yeah I, i yeah i have to say that it was so worth it for me and um I'm carrying a lot of what I learned, uh, both the good and bad, into um, uh, how I apply myself uh, to today. And a lot of opportunity is going to come my way because of school. Um, I appreciate that, uh, not just on an academic level, but just on a personal level as well. And I think you've learned that in many ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really like the fact that we went to the same place. All right. That's all we have for today. Thank you so much for listening about our college experiences. We're looking forward to putting uh, a little bit more candid talk out there about movies and TV. Some things that are... What else? Exactly. Some things are in the pipeline. It's a variety show, so we have to do it. I apologize for my voice. It was a little bit more raspy than usual, and uh, I've got my water bottle next to me, so I should probably remember to hydrate for that reason. I feel fine, uh, by the way. I'm just drinking coffee while we record that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should do that too. Uh, But regardless, uh, thank you once again for listening. It's been a lot of fun uh, and we have more coming soon and we'll see you next time. I'm Noah. And I'm Greg. And you've been listening to ZZ Talk.